1: Belfast City Council, they've urged uh, the executive up at Stormont to set up a form of drugs task force, and you would think, you would think they wouldn't need to be urged. Uh, let, let me speak to Paul McCusker, who's very much on the ground in North Belfast as an SDLP councillor, and who's spoken about drugs for the best part of a decade, maybe. As long as I've been doing this programme, uh, Paul's been campaigning. Pa- Paul, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Um urging the Stormont executive to set up a drugs task force to tackle the rise in deaths from substance abuse here. Uh, You would think you'd be pushing at an open door there, but then when they were away for three years, maybe it's something they just didn't get round to doing and they'll do quite quickly, or am I misreading it? Yeah, well, Frank,
0: there was discussion before the Assembly um, was brought down um, of a a drug strategy. But that strategy has sat on a a shelf for, for far too long. Uh, collecting dust and, you know, for, for many years we, we have no clear direction of how we're going to deal with the increase in people who um, would be caught up with, with, with drug uh, addictions and I suppose this, this call last night was call on the Minister for Health, Justice and Communities because it's, it's a collective responsibility and to implement the drug task force um, to respond to increase in deaths. The recent figures that were released uh, show there was 40% higher than 2017 um, and it's more than doubled in the last 10 years. So we know that you know it's, it's certainly a, it's a serious problem within communities right across Northern Ireland. Um, the primary role of task force Frank would be to coordinate and drive action to improve health outcomes for people who use drugs, reducing the risk of harm and death. That also includes alcohol as well. Some of the things we've talked about is prevention, quicker access to services, safe injection rooms. You know we need to have these very difficult conversations around what we need to do and an urgent review of current provision because we know that currently. There isn't enough services to meet the demand. Um, and quite often, if a person who today, Frank, says that I want to give up drugs and I want to change my life, if they go to the GP, GP has to refer them on to service. it could wait three, four weeks. If you're using heroin, it could be three, four months, even more. So people who are using high-level drugs haven't got time to wait. Um, and we need to be ensuring that there's services there at that time of need for that individual to encourage them to to stop using the drugs, um, and also I, I deal with a lot of people, Frank, too, who would be um, you, know, you know getting involved in the criminal justice system. And I spoke before in your show as well about the the, the the drug misuse court here in Belfast too, which is working. So there's ways around um, how we try and prevent people from going to jail. How we work with people to try and help assist turn their lives around. And the key thing is, we're not going to police ourselves out of this. You know, it's more than a policing issue. It's a, it's a health issue. It's for communities um, minister. It's for the Department of Justice. Do and you we
1: need this now. Do, do you sense that you'll get cross-party support for an initiative until you begin to take each individual strand? And one of the strands is the safe injection room. There'll be a lot of people listening even to this programme, nothing to do with politics, who will balk at the idea of a facility being set aside to allow people to take illegal drugs.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, last night there was cross-party support. Um, You know, the Safe and Jackson facility was also included in the motion, so all parties supported the fact that we need to look at this. And as I said, Frank, it's going to be a very difficult conversation I mean, when we think about safe injection facilities, even in Europe and also recently in Dublin, there was one granted um, uh, recently in Dublin as well. So of other, of other cities that can do it, why, why can we not do it? Because we know that there's an increase in people using heroin in the city, and we can see that through needles been found on the streets. Uh, and the key the key thing for a safe injection facility, and people might get scared of the idea, but it, ideally there's, there's many people who walk our streets who aren't engaged in services, so it's, it's, it's an opportunity to engage with these people who are using high level drugs. It's also working on harm reduction, so it's about reducing the harm and also working towards recovery but in a safe way and also where you've got sort of trained professionals who will work with them very in an intense way to, to, to get people the, 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 the support that they need because quite often, you know, I'm always fighting on behalf of people who've went for help and support and a door's been closed
1: on them. Have, have, and we, we,
0: open more doors.
1: have we tried the safe injection room at all here in Northern Ireland? No, what hasn't been tried here at all. now. if it no. was and, to I mean, be, we, if it we, was to be even trialed, how exactly does does it work? Where would you see it being f- f- positioned, and how would the drugs users use it?
0: Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's always done as we start the conversation, Frank. And we need to look at location. We need to look at you know who provides the service. But we've got the chief medical officer, Michael McBride, who publicly said he supports. Um, the need for a safe and facility. We've got Axtern, who are the leading professionals around working with people who've got heroin um, addiction. So we need to hear from those professionals who, are, who are you know, I mean, the chief doctor in, in Northern Ireland has said he supports it. So we need, need now to sort of back that up with political support to say, if there's a need and it's going to reduce the harm, it's going to save lives. Well, listen, let's, let, let's do it. Um, but the conversation has started, and we need to look at, as you say, location and who's going to provide that service. But when we look at other models, Frank, in Portugal and Europe, all across Europe, and Dublin recently. There's so much we can learn, and, and for me, I think we're just far behind everywhere else. But desc- uh, describe to my
1: people. Des- describe it to me. You you walk in, and there's a little booth. You go into your little booth, like like you you would go into Marks and Spencer to change your your clothes. You know, there's that sort of facility, but you just you go in to this booth at this safe injection centre, and you shoot up the drugs, and then you leave. Is, 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 that, is that how it looks on the ground? Well, basically,
0: they're trained professionals, so the people will be there when, when, you, when you arrive in. If you've got a history of heroin addiction, then they'll be looking. The key thing is, is reducing infection and reducing harm, but um, and also working with the person, because the models now have been used as harm reduction, so it's reduced the harm over a period of time to work towards recovery. So the individual will present and get support from a key worker who then would know them, uh, build up a, a relationship, and the key workers' job then is to work on harm reduction and work towards recovery. They provide clean needles, which is already happening anyway in terms of needle exchange. And we, we, recently we know there's also been a, a, a rise in hepatitis in Belfast and, and Northern Ireland too. Which is the use of maybe you know dirty needles and people's um, been at risk of hepatitis. So the key thing is you know ultimately long term it's going to save lives, but also going to save a lot of money for NHS um, because certainly it's it's to treat someone with hepatitis it costs a lot of money. So I think there's there's lots of positives. Yes, there is negatives of course as well because police when I speak to police, they say, well, is it going to attract more um, crime? Is it going to, you know, but we, we don't know until we try these things, and, and we need to also, as I mentioned, go to Dublin and go to parts of Europe to look at how they're doing things.
1: I, I so know, can I, I, can, I can t- clearly, I understand your argument, and I'm sure significant numbers of people will be saying, yeah, like this, this sounds like common sense from this bloke, but somewhere in the equation you have a health professional or a professional person or a trained counsellor or the doorkeeper, whoever it is at the centre, the safe injection room, who is facilitating the breaking of the law, who's facilitating that person coming in with drugs that they have bought from some terrorist godfather's runner. It's, it's, it, it just seems like as if there's a there's a blip along the way that's very hard for Ordinary, decent citizens to accept? Well, Frank, that's a good point. And I suppose, you know, when we look at today, you know, Belfast Trust provided
0: a drug outreach service, um, and that drug outreach service gives people clean needles to keep using because they're on a waiting list. So essentially, you know, the trust, well, they don't encourage people to use drugs, but they assist people who have got a drug addiction um, as well. So, I mean, that's currently happening today in terms of the Belfast Trust drug outreach service because it's just a waiting list for someone who wants to come off heroin because you just can't stop heroin. You, know, you have to go on a program, methadone program, um, or subutex was another drug that they used to wean people off. But I mean, you know, the, the, the current model in place we know isn't working, um, but today there is needle exchange. So people are being given needles to use uh, until, there's, until they can actually access a program. So, you know, there's, and, and Safe and & Jackson facility, I know it's going to cause sometimes a controversy, but that's only really one part of how we deal with the issue of drugs and alcohol misuse as well. Um, but these conversations need to happen, Frank. They're going to be difficult from all agencies, from police to Department of Justice. But we need to get real around the severity of the issue of, of drug misuse, not just in Belfast, but right across Northern Ireland when we see the devastation caused in communities and people dying every day. Might I mean, we... we talk about extern. Yeah, You talk about, you know, you've heard on your show, Frank, before about naloxone. Um, naloxone is a drug used to reverse an opiate um, overdose. There's people every single day being reversed in terms of... The, we, we have overdoses every single day in Belfast. Mm-hmm. People walk on the streets very high risk. And the, the work of Axtern is to reverse that overdose and support that person. So that person will be better suited in a, in a more safe environment to then work
1: with them to try and get them to where they, need, where they need to be. Yeah, those overdose figures are stark. We covered that a couple of weeks ago yeah. on, on the programme. But you mentioned Portugal and there will again be people who will be concerned that if we have a think tank team if we have indeed an initiative from Stormont that's going to bring forward a drugs task force the debate gets fuelled about the legalising of certain drugs and we look to other countries where they've changed the legislation and some drugs are legal and they seem to be overcoming the problem because they've made them legal and taxed them and treated them like cigarettes or alcohol. Can we be guaranteed that that isn't a way that we're going to go in this part of the world?
0: Well, I mean, that's not where we're going with this, Frank. I mean, essentially what the Drug Task Force is about, you know, is about looking at how, how things are happening now and how we can improve things for people in terms of health outcomes. Um, you know, and also be, be more creative, have a more holistic approach um, and, and, and treating people who've got an addiction with, with compassion because quite often they're looked down on, they, they feel you know, um, in terms of the whole thing around stigma and, and quite often people find it difficult to speak so I think it's, 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 the drug task force is not like looking about in terms of legalisation and, and, and all that aspect. It's more about the health outcomes, how better we can also You know, support people. But another flip side too is the police have a massive responsibility, and I'm always challenging police around the supply of drugs. We know that heroin comes from Dublin every single day. And often I ask police, "What are you doing to, to 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 stop that from happening?" So, the police have a massive responsibility in terms of supply, and I feel my own personal opinion is that they could do a lot more and target those dealers because that's essentially going to help in terms of the, the supply. But I mean, people who use drugs, Frank, they, they go anywhere for drugs. I mean, I, I work for people. I work with people every day who who do go to Dublin on the bus to get buy drugs. You know, when, when you're in the grip of addiction, you'll do anything to, to get that drug because of how how it affects you.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not going to argue with that, and our, our thoughts are with anyone who's in the grip of any addiction. Uh, Paul, thanks for speaking to us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks. Thank you. That's, uh, Paul McCusker is an SDLP counsellor in North Belfast. This is the U105 phone in.